Explore the mysteries of the Amazon. You have come to join a medical expedition in the Amazon jungle, but no one is there to greet you. Your colleagues have been lured to the jungle by a powerful spell of a mysterious flute. Now you are alone with only the legendary Amazon women to help you. Suddenly, the song of the flute calls you. Will it lead you to your friends? If you decide to follow the flute, turn to page 27. If you decide to stay with the Amazon women, turn to page 21. Be careful. You might be devoured by deadly piranhas, shot by a poisonous arrow, or lost in the Amazon jungle forever. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star of the story. Choose from 28 possible endings. Choose your own adventure. Book 24. Lost on the Amazon by R.A. Montgomery and illustrated by Leslie Morell. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and generally make poor decisions. I'm Jillian. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. Is that a new author? Or a, I think it's a new illustrator. Illustrator, that's what No. Leslie Morrell? No, she was on at least one of the other books. I recognize it. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I don't know. I really could have sworn that she did at least one other book, but... Well, I mean, we can wind up looking this up later on. It's not a huge deal, but I think this is a new artist for us. Right. By the way, I do I, I like the cover art for the most part. There, it's a yeah. little softer, a little softer tones. Yeah, it looks actually. It looks like it's a uh, uh, water. Yeah. Uh, paint. Yeah, I kind of like. I it. dig it. So. All right, and so this was previously owned by S- Scott McCormick, and uh, he lives at twenty one twenty seven <laughs> West Park. Where. Napa, California. He's in Napa, he's in Napa oh, California. So he's that's... probably rich. So hit that shit up. <laughs> okay. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you may have as you make your expedition along the Amazon. From time to time as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you take are a result of your choice. You are responsible because you choose. After you make your choice, follow the instruction to see what happens next. Think carefully before you make each decision. The Amazon can be beautiful, but it can be deadly as well. You will be exploring regions unknown to civilization where danger lurks at every turn. Good luck. Thanks. Pretty straightforward. You are a doctor and your specialty is tropical diseases. You are a 12-year-old doctor. Yes. (laughs) After college and medical school, you worked in a remote jungle hospital in Africa. There you gained recognition for your work on malaria blackwater fever, and the dreaded leprosy. You have stopped at a hotel in Manus, Brazil, the last major town on the Amazon River. Upstream from here, the river snakes into an almost impenetrable rainforest, dangerous and mysterious. You are the doctor for a small, highly skilled expedition. Your task is to search for and lend medical skills to the lost villages of the forest people. You will meet tribes of Indians who have never seen modern people, and who knows, perhaps even the fabled Amazons, women of strength and courage who live without men. I don't think the actual Amazons lived in the Amazon jungle. I know. They're Greek. They lived in... on that little island on Futurama. (laughs) Right. (laughs) A difficult case at the hospital for tropical disease delayed your coming to Brazil. 
But at last you have arrived. You are waiting to be picked up by one of the Indian guides working for your expedition. The others went on ahead 11 days ago. You approach the hotel desk and ask once again, any messages for me? The man at the desk smothers a yawn and answers in English with a very heavy Portuguese accent. I'm very sorry, very sorry, doctor, but I have been telling you all day long. There are no, I repeat, no messages for you. Okay, thanks. Just let me know if there are any messages, okay? But of course, but of course. In this part of the world, things go slowly. He turns away from the front desk and sits down to his cup of thick black coffee. What now? You have been here for a full day. No guide, no messages, no clues as to what to do next. It's as if the Amazon has swallowed all traces of your expedition. You walk out of the three-story wooden-framed hotel and across the street. The sun beats down, reflecting off the road and shimmering waves. The air is heavy, humid, and ripe with the smell of vegetation. A sweet smell that promises both life and death. You wander through the city and eventually end up at the river, where you sit on a bench and gaze at the water, lost in thought. The Amazon River at this point is broad and swift. You know it is the largest river in the world. The Amazon and its tributaries drain an enormous basin. In all, there are 15,000 miles of navigatable riverways. They are surrounded by an expansive jungle that dwarfs the river system. On the river, you face piranha alligators, poisonous snakes, and deadly electric eels. But the jungle hides more than physical danger. Anything could be hidden here. You stare at the pulsing lifelines of the water and feel anxious to join your friends who have already begun to penetrate its mysteries. With a start, you realize that you've lost track of time. You must have been looking at the river for hours. You hurry back. When you return to the hotel, the desk clerk rushes out to meet you. Where have you been? Where have you been? We have been looking for you. Which author is this again? This is Ari Montgomery. I swear to God, this is probably the third or fourth book we've read R.A. Montgomery and... He like likes to penetrate things? Is that what you're saying? Penetrating. This is not a thing that I have picked up on, right. so... He is into penetration. All right. Okay. Just I mean, I'm into penetration, too, so I'm, it's not I'm, exactly... I'm hyper, I'm hyper cognizant about uh, penetration, apparently. So. Okay. And I could really give a shit about penetration. <laughs> Go wow. figure. The clerk hurries you inside and presents you with a short, powerful-looking... What the <laughs> what just happened yeah no that's actually what it says all right the clerk <laughs> the clerk hurries you inside and presents you with a short powerful looking indian the indian looks at you with bright alert eyes my name is awadong i bring bad news very bad news your friends are lost deep in the amazon jungle you are shocked and don't know what to say. Six days ago, he says calmly, before the sun rose, there came a song of the jungle flute. It lasted less than a minute. Then it came again and again and again. I warned your friends, but they did not listen. They were under the spell of the music. They disappeared and did not return. I fear for their lives. This is not the first time the jungle flute music has claimed sacrifices. You stare at the man, imagining the worst. At that moment, two police officers, members of the river patrol, arrive. The hotel clerk has called them with the news of the disappearance of your friends. This is a serious matter, says one of the officers. We must organize a rescue party. We will go by river patrol boat with the force of soldiers. It will take three days to arrange. You must wait here. The Indian guide shakes his head. That is not good. We must go at once. I will take you in my dugout canoe. We must go quietly as not to disturb the spirits of the jungle. The clerk suggests that you rent a plane and fly to the last known location of the expedition. An overhead fan drones on, scarcely stirring the human air. If you decide to go with a guide in his dugout, 
turn to page four. If you decide to rent a plane and speed to the search, turn to page 46. If you decide to wait for river patrol, turn to page 93. I say rent a plane. Do you? Oh, there's something about this. Planes are loud. There's something about this mysterious, wise native to the land that I trust. Yeah, I don't know. Right, but that... I mean, I guess it's the 1980s, but that still falls into the whole magical ethnic person. Yes. I'm not seeing a problem there. <laughs> well, their ethnic people aren't magical. This one is. Yeah. I can feel it. Uh, for fuck's sake. So we're going with a magical ethnic person? I right. guess so. <laughs> I really prefer the plane, but I will go with the... You'd rather pollute the Amazon... All right, so we're going to page four, and lucky me, there is a picture of a dude in a G-string, two police officers, and a dog licking its balls. What? G-string, cops, dog licking balls, yep, everything she said. Yeah, lucky, lucky me. Those are butt cheeks, (laughs) those are coppers, and that's a dog. (laughs) Yep. Licking its balls. Just, Just to put this out here, wasn't my choice. (laughs) fair enough well our choices led to g-strings and ball licking and cops so i think we win i don't agree with that statement at all (laughs) i will go with you the indian looks straight at you with with strength and pride we must leave at once he says the officers become very excited one of them grabs you by the arm and says firmly do not go it is too dangerous no good will come of it i will not allow it you must wait you shake him off and turn to Ata- Awadunga. Awadaga. Awadaga. You shake him off and turn to Awadaga, saying, I'm ready. My gear isn't even unpacked. Let's go. With that, you leave. As you walk out the front door, you hear the clerk say to the officers, They are fools, those two. The river is dangerous, and so is the jungle. They are lost even before they start. We'll show them. I told you guys. How the fuck did you pronounce his name? Awadaga. Just call him Owie or something like that. Owie helps you with your... <laughs> that works. Yeah. <laughs> Owie helps you with your gear, and soon you are standing at the river's edge beside a slender dugout canoe. The boat is about 20 feet long. An old six-horsepower outboard motor is attached to the stern with a wooden bracket. Two short paddles, a long pole, and a net are in the dugout. Also in the canoe are three spears, their sharp, sharp points wrapped in broad green leaves, bound with vines, and a bow with a bark quiver of arrows. Owie has a machete on his belt. Step into the middle of the canoe, he says, otherwise it will tip. Do not move or change positions quickly. Do not drag your hand in the water. You nod as he gives his instructions, but you certainly don't need them. You are familiar with boats, and you've lived in the jungle. All in all, though, the precautions are wise. Owie pulls a starter cord. The motor sputters and catches, and the canoe darts out into the current of the Amazon. You head upstream. Ahead of you is a wall of green, broken only by the blue and white of the sky and clouds. Quickly disappearing behind you is Manus. Already the buildings are a little more than lumps in the mist of green. In a moment, they are all gone. The sun burns into your flesh, insects torment your skin, and the brown water ripples past the bow of your canoe. The day passes. Before you know it, the sun is slipping into the distant green. Darkness will come quickly. Owie, has, who has remained silent, now speaks. Night is upon us. We camp here or we can push on. I know this part of the river well. You must decide. If you want to continue through the night, turn to page 12. If you decide to camp for the night, turn to page 10. 
give us a little more insight. He said he knows this part of the river real well, so... I right, think he said we camp here or we can go on. I yeah. know this part of the river well. That yeah. doesn't really fucking help. That makes me feel safe that we should just continue. It also makes me feel safe that we could just camp. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that we camp. <sighs> yeah, all right. I'll go with you this time. On to page 10. I can't go any further today, Owie. We must camp here. In the half-light of early evening, you see him nod, but he does not speak. He guides the canoe to a suitable spot on the blank, on the bank of the river. That seems ominous. Together you start a fire. High in the forest, you hear a screeching of howler monkeys. You wish it were dawn and you were on your way. There is a strange, uncomfortable feeling to this place. After dinner, Owie makes a hammock out of vines and long strips of bark. The bed looks unstable to you, but the Indian climbs in without a word and goes to sleep. You sit staring at the fire, worrying about your friends, unsure of your next move. Near midnight, you are restless and so wide awake that you leave the dwindling campfire and walk down to the water's edge. A splash attracts your attention. Not far from the bank, you see a head of a large animal surrounded by churning water. You bend down for a closer look and slip in the mud. Too late, you realize you've fallen into a piranha feeding frenzy. The end. Seriously? Yeah. Yep. I love it. Fuck me. I'm good. That's what happens when you go camping. So we're going through the night, aren't we? All right, fine. You guess how we wanted to go on, and you were right. Darkness is his natural element. The river to him what is a... What the fuck does magic. that mean? I told he's you. fucking he's magic. fucking magic. That's racist as fuck. That's what that is. <laughs> he's magic. Darkness is his natural element? Fuck that. He's Batman. He is Batman. The river to him Batman's is... Batman's not magical, for, for the record. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> okay, so, moving on. Here we go. Um, darkness is his natural element. The river to him is a living thing, and he maneuvers his dugout with care and precision. You are lucky to have such a guide, because he's fucking magical. Mm-hmm. For hours you travel with just the light of the stars and the silver of the moon. The motor chugs away. Owie, could it be the Amazons? He is silent as if he hadn't heard your question. You repeat it. Could it be the Amazons who captured my friends? He shuts off the motor and the canoe twists in the current. He aims it towards the shore. Be quiet. Very quiet. You look into the darkness. Nothing. Nothing moves on the bank. What does he see? What does he hear? The dugout almost bumps against a submerged log. You almost jump out of your skin, and then you see it. There on the bank is a tall, muscular figure. It's a woman. Owie speaks. If you wish, why not ask her for help? If you ask a woman for help, turn to page 11. If you don't know what to say to the woman and ask Owie to speak for you, turn to page 33. I mean, I guess I can see this as kind of like a, uh, an etiquette sort of a thing. You don't know what to say to the tribe that you have never encountered. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he does. But I kind of feel like asking her for help. I, I'm kind of siding with uh, Owie because... He's yeah, kept us alive this far. And he's fucking magical. No, we made camp and we fucking died. <coughs> we made camp, but we could tell when we went on that he wanted to continue on through the night. So. He's keeping our asses safe. So yeah. he didn't keep our ass safe the last time either. So what are we doing? 11 or 33? Uh, I, I He gave in last time, so I'll give in this time. 33 it is. <laughs> Owie, you do the talking. I don't know their language. You peer into the dark jungle, feeling very vulnerable and unprotected. Your guide talks with a... like a little babby boy. 
<laughs> Your guide talks with the woman on the shore for several minutes. Then there is a long pause. She turns to her friends and speaks to them in hushed tones. She then says something to Owie. These are Amazons, he said. You asked about them. Here they are. No, they will not help us. No, they will not have. No, they do not have your friends, but they know where they are. Suddenly, you realize that the figures on the bank have disappeared. Where? Where are they? Who? The Amazons? They are like spirits. They come and go at their own time. No one commands them. You shake your head. No, I mean, where are my friends? Where did she say they are? Owie pushes the canoe out into the stream and starts the motor. They are prisoners of the Machawa people. They will probably be dead before we get to them. Your mouth is dry with fear. You can barely ask, what do we do, Owie? He shakes his head. Trust in the spirits of the forest. If the souls of your friends are good, they will live. If not, well... Owie lapses into silence. He will speak no more. The dugout pushes ahead and soon reaches a stretch of reddish-gray sand along one bank. Several dugouts are pulled up to the sand. A fire burns in front of five low roof tots. A group of men, women, and children sit before the fire. Owie greets them with a wave, and soon you are sitting with these people. Your guide tells the story, and the people mumble comments in a language beautiful to listen to, but impossible for you to understand. They say you must wait here until a witch doctor can put a spell on the Machuas. Only then will your friends be safe. There is nothing else to do. If you wait for the witch doctor, turn to page 39. If you push on, turn to page 32. I kind of want to hang out with the witch doctor just to see, but the last time that we hung out with the witch doctor... He threw some shit on the ground and then said, either go to the fucking mountains or go to the river. We went to the mountains and then a fucking lightning bolt hit us when we were inside a fucking hut. Uh-huh. And fucking then the jewels of Nabuti fucking vanished in the midair and that was the end of the fucking story. Who wrote that one? R.A. Montgomery, who wrote uh, this book. Okay. All right. So I kind of feel like fuck witch doctors. You don't think he's trying to... Turn Make it up around. for fucking shitting yeah. on us last time? Yeah, yeah. No, it's already Montgomery. No. And so far, this book has not been great. And Ari Montgomery's books are generally pretty great from the start, or not great at all. But Owie is magic, so... No, he fucking isn't. He's a dude with a fucking canoe. And a G-string. That doesn't make him magic. <laughs> So are we doing the witch doctor or going ahead? I want to go ahead. All right, let's go ahead. Okay. We can't just sit here and wait. I'm going on. You can do as you like. This witch doctor stuff is nonsense anyways. Owie turns from you and joins the others and talk. You are excluded, alone, cut off from all by language and custom. You return to the canoe and upload your gear. The pile looks fragile on the and sand. upload our gear? Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's no, it doesn't. Thing. You return to the canoe and unload your gear. Unload. I'm tired. The pile looks fragile on the sand. Reluctantly, you shoulder your pack, leaving two small tan bags under a tree on the riverbank. Owie does not move. His back is to you. With a heavy heart, you start off on a path that leads deep into the rainforest. We hurt his feelings. Wow, this is crazy, you murmur to yourself, and then you feel it. First, it's just a slight breeze. It's... It strengthens until the leaves and vines begin to move, first slightly, then more and more, until the rainforest is writhing as if the hands of some giant being. There is no sound. No sound at all. A giant taper crashes through a jumble of vines, dashing headlong among the trees and tangled up roots. Swept up in the power of the noiseless wind, you huddle against a large tree. The world spins as you grasp the tree trunk. 
A black and orange spider the size of a golf ball slides down a filament of web and examines you. Then it climbs back up and stands and vanishes into the trembling leaves. It ends as it began. Silence and calm return to the forest. In the distance, a flute echoes through the trees. You seem to hear colors as well as sound. You travel on, forgetting your fear and giving into the music. Soon the colors of the rainforest reveal themselves to you in an infinite variety. The trail leads up to the ridge, climbing slowly and continuously. You walk for what seems like weeks, occasionally eating some jungle fruits, but never sleeping, always listening and following the flute. At last you come to the base of a mountain. The sound of the flute disappears and you notice that the trail divides. One branch goes up around the base and seems to lead to the foot of steep cliffs. The other goes to a sharp angle. The summit is hidden in a sheath of clouds tinged with the red gold of early morning. If you follow the trail around the base, turn to page 42. If you go straight up, turn to 40. Straight up is the one that leads to the cliffs? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like cliffs. So you want to go around? Yeah. All right. That seems safer. The trail leading around the base of the mountain looks well-traveled. You choose it. It's free of roots and wide enough for three people to walk abreast. The path seems almost like a prepared roadway. You walk around the mountain and finally reach the cliffs of smooth gray stone. There at the foot of the cliffs are your friends. <laughs> they are dead. Oh! <laughs> well, alrighty then. <laughs> All of them look peaceful. There are no marks of violence on them. They look as though they are sleeping. High above you, you hear again the melody of the flute. Before you is a shaft of sunlight pointing into a cleft of rock. You enter. There on the wall are carved the names of your friends. Your name is not there. At least not yet. The end. <laughs> All right. Wow. It's a slightly bizarre ending. I hate to tell you this, but anyway, you would have gone on that. It, they both said the end. Yeah. What was the other choice? Go around or go straight up? Go, or go straight up the cliff, which let's, is also another ending. Right. But, let's do the straight yeah. up the cliff and get that yeah. ending in. Yeah, we did that. straight up. No, we did the base. We You're right. The base, it went yeah. around up. Yeah, let's see what the cliff... Um, going up the cliff says so back to page 40 <laughs> the trail to the summit is long and hard towards noon <laughs> alright yeah I got that yeah towards noon it breaks out towards noon it breaks out of vegetation and rises steeply on a rocky surface huge rocks form a staircase leading upward the shape of the rest of the mountain is very regular then it hits you you are on an enormous pyramid Okay. You climb slowly, trembling with fear and excitement. The sun blazes down relentlessly, reflecting on the blocks of hewn stone and almost blinding you. When you reach the summit, you find a small flat place to sit. You suddenly realize what the flute was all about. It had summoned you here to the roof of the world. You sit for days, never needing to eat or drink, gazing over the Amazon basin. As you watch, you become aware of the relationships between the flowing water and rivers and the growths of plant and movements of animals and the shape of the land. You can see the whole basin breathing and oxygen and inhaling carbon monoxide. As you watch, you realize where your friends are and that they are safe. You know you will see them in seven days. You leave the pyramid walking with renewed strength. The end. What? What? I think he just became a god. What? I'm, I will read it again. It says, You sit for days, never needing to eat or drink, grazing over, gazing over the entire Amazon basin. As you watch, you become aware of the relationships between the flowing waters of rivers and the growths of plants, the movement of animals, and the shape of the land. 
You can see the whole basin breathing in oxygen and exhaling carbon dioxide. As you watch, you realize where your friends are and that they are safe. You know you will see them in seven days. You leave the pyramid walking with renewed strength. The end. So I, I just think R.A. Montgomery went way off into fucking where the fuck ever land. I think he got way, way existential on that shit. When you're saying seven days to me, my mind is going to the ring. Like, there's nothing good happening at the end of seven days, as far as I'm concerned. I actually didn't hate that one. I don't know about that one. Um, I liked Owie. I liked magic. it after we shortened his name to Owie. Yeah. I don't buy into the whole magical ethnic person thing. It doesn't. It's a very, like, 1980s sort of a construct. Say, what kind of child of the 80s are you? Well, I'm the kind that has grown as I have uh, gone on with my life. Hmm. Have you never heard the term the magical Negro? No. That's a thing. It is literally a a trope where there is, usually it's black, a black person. Yeah. Who has. They have Chinese ones. Yes. uh, There are literally people who just have these sort of magical kind of abilities that help the white protagonist from point A to point B in their storyline. That's some racist ass shit. Well one of the biggest well, yes, it one is. of the biggest And that's most, what Owie is. He is of, a for all intents and purposes, he is a magical Negro. One of the biggest most recent ones I am ones, so uncomfortable. Well what one of the biggest most recent ones I can think <laughs> of was uh, uh Bagger Vance, Legend of Bagger Vance. Did you ever sure. see that? I totally missed that on purpose. Okay. That's but a Will Smith that's one, right? Very, very yeah. much uh, golf thing, and Will Smith was the magical Negro in that movie because he used his magical powers basically to help the guy's golf game and life yeah. get better. Yeah. And life. All right. Well, I learned something. There's actually a term, magical Negro. There you go. Yes. By the way, I, I thought it was going all right, though. Uh, as long as you followed... It's one of those terms like the token black guy. Yeah, token black guy. Oh, okay. It's one of those... I'm familiar with that. Right. It's one of those few roles that black people can play in movies. Ah. And that's kind of what... That is so sad. Yes, and that's kind of what Owie winds up being in this. He's the ethnic person who's familiar with the area and can do the magic stuff to help you get to point A to point B. That is that's why. So lame. That's why. As long as we basically stuck with Owie in this book, we were pretty much doing okay. If we did the things he wanted to do, it seemed like the story was sure. actually progressing. So I, I get it. You're yeah. gaming the system at that point. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I was okay. Sure, I was. Yeah. I was uncomfortable with Owie and his position from the beginning. I just felt full on knew this was the '80s. Yeah, it felt very much like this is not where I want to be going with my life. <laughs> and I've apparently been brainwashed into not even realizing that... It's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Um, like, I don't I don't hate the book. It's not a bad book in general. It's, the art is probably the best part. This is one of those books oh, yeah, the no. art Okay, the actually, part. the art is the... like. Yeah, this is probably the best art that we've seen. Yeah. Probably you guys should put a few of those pictures up because some of them are really, really yeah, good. Some, yeah. the pencil they sketches. are very, very detailed. Yeah, they look like really great pencil ste- sketches. You know yeah. what? Now I'm rethinking it. Maybe she hasn't done another book because I think I would have remembered artwork this good, especially yeah. when you pair it up with, like, sorry, Paul Granger. Sure. 
and you know uh-huh. the other Granger. His name's not Granger. It's uh Granger. Kramer. It's Kramer. Anthony. Anthony, Anthony Kramer. Kramer. Like he's yes. not the best. Reese is pretty good. Obviously, yeah. this Leslie lady is. Uh, is she really a lady? Well, Leslie Morrell could be a guy, too. Leslie is a gender-neutral. Leslie Nielsen. No, it is not. Yes, so it is. Leslie Nielsen is a guy. Psh. There's no psh. He's definitely a guy. <laughs> He's definitely a guy. Just... Leslie Morrell is a designer and illustrator who whose work has won him ah! awards. Oh. Fuck you. So there you go. Leslie's a dude. Fuck you, Leslie. Wow. He's really... Fuck you, Leslie, for having a gender-neutral name. <laughs> and and a talent. He's actually probably dead at this point. Just just to be straight up, most of these people don't live anymore. So Anyway. I mean, um, Paul Granger is dead, so. Well. Did he slip and fall on a penis nose? I don't know. That would be a chin, probably. But <laughs> all right. So, if you want to check out any more um, choose your own adventure books, you can go to cyoa.com. And if you want to check any more of this shit show out, you can go to incrediblydaring.com. This has been Jillian, Jason, I'm Jeremy, and I recommend this book. You change your mind?